Why, thank you. I've got my milk. I've got my baby. Okay, your baby's on the cord. I've got my coffee. Oh, you're lucky you just got coffee. I've got a baby here. And this coffee's hot. Yeah. Mug. Oh, this, this thing's on? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to... <laughs> Don't pull that cord. Don't pull that cord, baby. Do you want to say hello? Just so you know, there is a baby here, and we're not actually just pretending. Yeah. There we go. Okay, cords disappearing behind my back. So, yeah, welcome to Frame by Frame. Frame by Crash. Yeah. <laughs> um, special Infant Edition. Special... Yeah, the last the last infant edition went really well. That's alright, we're not we're not killing him. They just really <laughs> wants milk. Well that's gonna we've got three minutes. <laughs> you talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Like, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? I'm funny how and you're funny. I'm Peter Vinkman. We all go a little mad sometimes. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Right, okay. How, how so, you been? So, yeah, I've been alright. We, <laughs> we had to have a two-week hiatus because of half-term and kids and stuff like that. Because that's what all the ki- cool kids do, right? Yeah, and because we're cool kids, we took two weeks off. Yeah. But we're back. Strong. We're back strong. Yeah. And... Stephen's currently surviving on one hour of sleep. Yeah, that's... Fatherhood, <laughs> and you're surviving with um, a brain full of fluid. <laughs> so we thought we'd have yeah. a, we'd talk about something today. Yeah, but um, what films have you seen lately? I have been binge watching Game watching. of Thrones. I've been binge watching Outlander. Not yeah. that there's many of those to watch, but um, yeah. So how is Games of, Games of Thrones? Is it? It started off. And I was like, I have no idea what the hype's all about. Why is everyone watching this? What is the hype? And um, boobs, isn't it? Well, typical. Um, who is it that distribute Game of Thrones? Who do everything now? Is it what, uh, HBO. HBO. They right. do everything in typical HBO fashion. It starts with lots of boobs and sex, and so everyone goes, "Oh, there's boobs and sex in this. I'll watch it." You know what I mean? And then everybody then, starts talking about the boobs and the sex. And, but then halfway you know. through, it starts... It's, it's basically lots of people walking for great lengths of time. Walking and talking? Yeah. Did George Lucas and have so to do with many, So many <laughs> plot points, but then towards the end of the series one, it just goes really good. Does it? Yeah. Okay. And then you're like, right, I need to see season two. So we've got season two, which starts strong, and then goes slow and a bit boring, and then it gets really good again. And then I'm currently on season three, which is actually really good. Yeah, well, that's just kind of like The Walking Dead. You know, The, the Walking Dead starts off strong. The mid-season kind of gets a little bit plodding, and uh, they're just walking from one place to another. And uh, walking and talking. There seems to be a lot of walking walking and talking TV at the moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, that's television for you. I mean, it, it's, it's a strange era at the moment of television because there seems to be a lot of... A lot of t- a lot of TV shows coming out from multiple sources. You don't yeah. just get four big shows. You probably got about ten to twenty shows that have started over the last two years, mm. and a lot of them are coming out from Netflix, Amazon, um, which is interesting. It's yeah. an interesting time, but it's uh, I, I think we're definitely past the golden age of, of television writing. I don't think television writing is getting as strong. I think it's getting a little bit lazy. I suppose there's something to be said of David Lynch walking away from Twin Peaks because they weren't going to fund the writing of it. It, There wasn't enough money being put into the scripts, and that's why he walked away. Yeah, he knows. He knows. But now, obviously, they put more money in. There's going to be twice as many episodes, so he's back again. Brilliant. Which I'm I'm very excited about. That that I mean that that's the thing as well. There's a lot of revived television coming out soon. Yeah, that's a big thing. We've got that's the X Files coming back, obviously Twin Peaks just mentioned. I think they're just trying to get people before they die. <laughs> well, maybe because that old Lynch now he's got to be he's nearly seventy, isn't he? Well, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. He's still young if, if you think about it. I mean, the directors are directing until they're eighty. You think about it, transcendental meditation and coffee. That's all you need. That's all you and need. Then you live as long as Lynch. Yeah, live yeah. as long as Lynch. Live as live long as, long as, long as, long as Lynch. Lynch as long as live. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting time in television, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure about the strength and the storytelling. Um, but they know how to get their cliffhangers and their their. Sometimes I kind of feel as though writers get a chance to. Do, they have to do standalone episodes more often than arcs, and like, they have to resolve yeah, things. I don't like when they set something up at the end of an episode and like they're the, back at home. Yeah, episode. the scripts are quite. You can see, you can sort of second guess what they're going to say in Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, like there'll be a phrase, you think he's going to qualify it with blah, and then he does. Yes, yes. But then there's a few episodes that were directed by Neil Marshall, right. who did um, The Descent and Dog Soldiers. And you can just tell, because I think he's a really talented director. Yeah. And when he's on board, you're kind of like, right, here we are, this is really good. It was towards the end of series two. Big, it was like a big battle episode, and um, I was like, God, that was really good. Who directed that? So I had to look back, and it was, yeah, it was Neil Marshall. I was like, nah, there you go. There we go. There you go. That guy knows how to. Writers and directors, you just got to have the right ones, and it's, it shows. It really shows. That puts the right in writer. That's a very direct way of putting it. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> well, so, as we're talking about. TV series and how you know writing may not. What's really directly related to that is sci-fi genre. Let's talk about that. Science fiction. You like science fiction? I like science fiction. Is it a good genre to kind of get into? I think it is. Yeah. Is it? Is it always the same? I mean, we talked about action cinema a couple of weeks ago. And we th- we started to piece together what are the, uh, the 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 codes and conventions if we want to go into film studies talk of mm. that genre. I mean, science fiction. I mean, I, I I'd like to set up a rule first of all. Okay. I think we need to talk about hardcore science fiction and well, non. I'm glad you said science six... fiction after hardcore. <laughs> hard boiled. Sorry, I'd say I should hard boiled science fiction. They call it hardcore or hardboiled. I can't remember now. Uh, and uh, let's let's skip the Star Wars talk, can we? Okay. 
I'm fine with that. Because I, I think it's been done to death and there's nothing I can add. Well, I've got a list here of 100 top sci-fi films. Let's see if we agree with them being sci-fi. Okay, let's go with stuff. 100, yeah? yeah? Okay, that's great. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Are we going for... Is, is this in any particular order or...? I don't, don't know. London filmed 100 best sci-fi films. And it's starting at 100. It's starting at 100, so it's going yeah. for... Yeah, so... So Independence Day, out of 100, I think it was a lot higher than that, I would say. It's yeah. A, uh, it was very much anticipated, as you... Yeah, told, we've discussed that. You've talked about that and thing. how... Because I was excited about it. I, I couldn't wait for that. Yeah, so I think it's when, um, you know, you market something really well. Police and the fire departments are asking... It is morning. You wake up. Hey, 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 come on. You greet your loved ones. You grab the morning paper. And although it seems like any ordinary day, it isn't. For one extraordinary reason. A historic and unprecedented event has occurred. The question of whether or not we are alone in the universe has been answered. This is so cool. More ships have just arrived over India. England and Germany. I really don't think they flew 90 billion light years to come down here and start a fight. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! They're using our own satellites against us. The clock is ticking. Okay. As, so, yeah. as a, as a standalone sci-fi film, what do you think of Independence Day? Well, uh, if you look at the era, 1996, science fiction was a little bit lackluster. Yeah. Around about that time. I mean, they, they were bringing out a couple of Star Trek movies, get off the cord. They were bringing out Star Trek movies every two years, and that was kind of like the only thing that people were looking forward to. Mm. That People had just been hearing in the grapevine that Star Wars was coming back. So maybe there was a little bit of hype around science fiction in general yeah um, so Independence Day was kind of like a precursor to that I think it got in there before the prequels uh, came along and I'm just going to leave that now he doesn't want it um, so uh, yeah I, I rate it quite high but it does have its Fault. its generic problems and I think the one problem in there was, was Randy Quaid yeah. as, as a weak link Will Smith was okay he was comic relief. He was comic relief, and Jeff Goldblum is just hilarious. Just he should yeah. have been. He should have just been his movie. I love his dad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's yeah. great. We win the day. The Fourth of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, "We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate." Independence Day. That's what I call a close encounter. What did you think was the strength of Independence Day? I think the spectacle of it. Do you remember the first time you see the ship just come out of those clouds? And it was like, I think because the, the sound editing was really well done. And yes. when it's like flying over, it's like roars and stuff coming out. It sounds like a dinosaur roaring, you know, as it's coming over the, the city. And it just encompasses the entire yeah. city. And I think it was like you, such yeah. a such a strong, yeah, yeah. strong image, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, I think the script's a little bit dodgy. Yeah, part. the, the well, solution the sort of has a bit of everything, doesn't it? Yeah. It has a bit of elements of horror in there when they're doing the, uh, the, the they've got the 
the body, the alien body, and they're trying to get the biomechanical yeah. suit open. It's a little bit scary, you know. Uh, but how was... Um, oh, now I've got to get his name right. The guy who was president... Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Mm. Very young, very... I think he's, he's, I think he can pull a really good performance. Pull, Pullman. Pull, Pullman can pull man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like he's, he's a little bit, a little bit cheesy in there. Um, yeah, a, a bit. He, you know, he, he, lo- he lost his wife in it, which was actually was a sad moment. It was quite, that was well done, and his little daughter. So what he does, he's getting a plane and leave his daughter all on her own to try and fight. I belong in the air. You wouldn't do that. Yeah, well, it's like Dar- that's like Darth. Well, Star Wars. Sorry, I'm breaking my rule. That's that's Darth Vader saying, oh, "That's it. I'm going to get into my uh, Tie Fighter and I'm going to yeah. fight those rebels personally myself." Yeah. You know, but they, I don't know why they do that with leaders. You know, leaders would never make that kind of a decision. No, but it's a good film. I think it's good. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. So next, 2010. I've never seen it. Uh, yeah, that would be the 2010. Yeah. Um, that's the sequel to 2001. Let's quote. My God. If this date is correct, there's something down there. Something extraordinary is going to happen. 2010. The year we make contact. Rated PG. Starts Friday, December 7th. It's a very good movie, actually. It's, it's, it kind of reminds me of Outlands. Is it Outlands or yeah, with, with Sean with Connery? Sean Connery yeah. um, they, they kind of that. I think they were influenced by by Ridley Scott's Alien. They wanted to kind of make the view of it a little bit more rougher around the right, edges, okay. and, uh, and it wasn't as clean as as, as two thousand and one. Or it was, it was brilliantly shot. It was, it was just fun to watch. And Helen okay. Mirren's in it as well oh, as, right. a, as a okay. Russian. You got um. You got so, uh, oh, no, this is tricky. The guy who was in Jaws, he should be uh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider was the um, was was yeah. the kind of main guy who was on on the mission, and yeah, it was okay, but there was there was nothing spectacle about it. It was, it was. Must be difficult. Oh, oh, oh Peter Hines directed. Um, uh, uh, no, Richard Donner. Donner. Richard, no, he didn't. No, get up, get up, silly. <laughs> Peter Hines. at this mining town on the second moon of Jupiter are dying and the new marshal wants to know why. How do you know it was a suicide? There's no other explanation. They wrapped them up and jettisoned the bodies and waited to see. Can you imagine trying, like, 2001 from my crew that I must be dark. Exactly. Well, next next in the list here is Superman, but I wouldn't say that's sci-fi. I'd say it's superhero movie, which is a genre of itself now, isn't it? It is. It's its own genre now. I mean, sci- science fiction would would be the element of the he came from another planet. He's an alien, and he's come from another planet. A lot of the superhero movies are uh, humans getting bitten by something that is of a of a of a radi- yeah. radiation or getting dumped in lava or just deciding I'm going to make a bat suit. Yeah, and scare people. And talk like Barry White. And talk like Barry White. Yeah. Um, but Superman is in his self a kind of a different superhero because he is from another planet. So Pitch Black. Pitch Black. I remember watching that yeah. way over in Australia, and it's 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 a concept movie. It's a movie built on the idea of 
how much can we get away with having Darkness and Vin Diesel? Uh, yeah, and you've got like an anti-hero because he's a criminal. He's a yeah. It's, it's or a, he they need him to help them. Again, know. it kind of it kind of set the trend. This movie, it's one of those trendsetter movies where it's the the dark, rough. He's, he's, he's eating the, the wire. So I, I may lose contact with everybody in any moment, but it's. I'm, I'm but sure. once you get electric shock through his face, you get that from headphones. Don't know. I don't. Know. Let me find out. <laughs> Just try. It. Yeah, I need you to, to guinea pig your way through this. I think you you do need that uh, Dodie, and I can reach it. But um, yeah, what were we talking about? Sorry, pitch black. Black. It's best quote. I absolutely believe in God, and I absolutely hate the. Okay, well that's a little, that's that's okay. That's not really a brilliant quote. No, it's not really well written. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 okay. But uh, I I think that it was it was kind of like like I mean it, it, it's not Mad Max Fury Road. I mean if you kind no, of compare that kind I, of it's that kind of movie. It was not Independence Day. It's not Independence you know Day. I mean? yeah. Moving on. Yeah, Serenity. Let's Serenity. I love this. Film. I've heard of this film. That's the J- J- Josh Whedon, yeah. Josh Whedon. Uh, I love the... this. This is one of my favourite films. Definitely my top ten. I think it's just a little perfect little space western. It's fantastic. Yeah. And that's it, yeah. Space yeah. western, which is a genre that doesn't always get a lot of coverage apart from Wild Wild West. No. Um, cowboys and, and aliens. Yeah. But Serenity, yeah. I think it's probably the best of that bunch. And just um, Summer Glow in it just being this really badass yeah yeah. you know the, the scene where she just loses it and beats up an entire bar of people is just great it's, one, it's an iconic moment in sci-fi cinema I think I really do bar brawls are always a, a good in sci-fi I mean for some reason bars are the one thing that that will, will always be no matter well, what science fiction, fiction film there's always going to be a bar well, the thing there's is, always going to be conflict Summer Glau comes from like a dance background so most of the stunts, I think ninety percent of the things she does in it, she does. It's her. It's not the That's stunt right. woman. So she is actually. Yeah, she trained for months to make sure she could be the person on set doing it all. But that's great. I mean, that's yeah. that's when you. When you I, I think a lot of films kind of get uh, poo pooed on. I mean, like Pitch Black. I mean, there, there must be something in the Pitch Black that 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 says, "Wow, they 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 well, put a that, lot of they made a lot of effort." Well, to from make that it. film, they got Chronicles of Riddick out of it, and then yeah, they stole they, Katie Sackhoff and. Yeah, for the third they, one. They literally stole her. <laughs> Bundled her in a car. Yeah. Uh, Serenity, it, it's it's one of those films where you know it's made with effort and love. And yes, that's, that's, that makes a big difference. Everybody in that film absolutely loved the characters and believed in it. Because obviously it was made because of a cancelled TV show, which was Firefly. Yes, yeah, so fans really, fans, really love it. Yeah, well. and, but it didn't do that well in the cinemas. Again, built a cult classic again, and now everyone wants... that's. Why we talked about Conman because Conman has been spawned out of this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that the the the, the idea of Serenity is not it was not to make money; it was to service the story and the fans. And I think that uh, it wasn't, you know, did it did it make a lot of money? You not in the cinema. It didn't do very well but in it, the cinema because didn't I didn't know how to market it. No one really knew what it was. Yeah, we haven't really got Firefly. Well, yeah, but the the idea would be that they could have just kind of closed it all in and kind of like explained that they, well, you know most science fictions have a past. Yeah, well, the way Serenity ends is they could do more. Oh, th thx one one three eight. Oh wait a minute, what did you skip? Something black and white. I'm not interested. Alphaville. Oh yeah, yeah, skip that. 
yeah, but call it because it might have been something really, really significant. Yeah. But uh, THX eleven thirty eight one one three eight. Have you ever um, seen that? I Robert uh, Duvall, yeah. Donald Pleasance, Maggie McCormick. This is George uh, George um, Lucas's first well made sci fi film. Yeah, and, and last. <laughs> 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 occasional technical or electronic errors in programming and or surveillance which produce perverse exceptions. I'm going to have a child. First they start skipping prescribed drug dosages. Then they begin touching, then indulging in various sexual acts. I the love ultimate this perversion. For such extreme psychobiological like misfunction, is, is they, it's, only isolation it, it, it will do. It was a totalitarian do. society built on the ground where uh, it's that dystopian film. Yep. Oh, let's not lose connection. Come on, guy. Come on, fella. Um, but everybody shaves their head in it. Yeah. And they actually, it actually spawned a documentary about shaving your head for film oh, called Bold. And uh, Bold basically is, is uh, the whole film is, is just all these women with beautiful hair crying their eyes out as their head is being shaved. As we've seen later on by multiple actresses from Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> sorry, did I call her an actress? Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney. Natalie Portman, both doing the, their hair, kind of yeah. shaving their hair off on screen. It's kind of like a, it's a, a big thing. Yeah. Oh, and also Anne Hathaway yeah. for um, Lemons Rather. So it's a very interesting film, though. THX. What do you think of it? I I, I liked it again. I think it's interesting. It, there's... Did he write the script? I wrote it. He directed it. He f- part funded it, but had a lot of help from uh, Francis Ford Coppola, who right. was American Zoe. Because tr- it's really production. well. It's a really good script. It is. It... <sighs> Well, yeah, it's it's, it's so it's, promising that kid. Really. The thing is, it's sparing. It's very sparing. The the characters don't have personalities. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very broken people. They're they're kind of like they're suppressed by drugs. They're suppressed by. Well, if we read yeah. this little quote for you, if you feel you are not properly sedated, call three four eight eight four four immediately. Failure to do so may result in prosecution for criminal drug evasion. Yeah, that's such a great line. It is, and that, that's basically the announcement that goes over the yeah, television. Yeah. Yeah. Be happy, you know. That's great. A big one for you, Solaris. Now, this was a tricky film because when I was fifteen, was it what, what year was it released? Uh, two thousand and two. Oh, I was not fifteen. I was twenty-two, and I should have known better. Um, we are in a situation that is beyond morality. Yeah, it is. I love you so much. What's wrong? That's not your wife. You're dreaming her. She's alive. You found me. I came for you. This is my chance. You don't know what you're in for. Go back. Let me look at the front cover of the video that came out. You'll die here. And I you're being manipulated. We are not taking her with us. Are you going to stop me from taking her back? And it turned out to not be science fiction or... It's more isn't it? Yeah, it's very internal, very personal. 
and I didn't like it at all when I first saw it because I had expectations that were that were delivered to me by uh, a false advertising, I believe. Um, but I came to like it. Yeah. After I started watching it the second time, third time, and it, it is one. Of, it is a really good science science it's, fiction. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how expectations can ruin a viewing performance. If you expect the film's going to be something, and it turns out it's not yes. that, you're like, oh, that's not what I wanted it to be. But then go back and go, oh, actually, that's really good. <laughs> you know? I hated it so much on yeah. that first viewing that I had at the video, and I gave it to somebody. And uh, he tried to give it me back, and I said, I don't want it. He says, well, you ruined it. I, I hate this movie, too. We both hated this. Right. And neither of us could, could get rid of this video. It was like a curse. It was like we're passing it, leaving it's it like in the ring. bags. It was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think I revisited about five years later, and I kind of got it. And I and I appreciated the performances and yeah it's but it's not is it it's not science fiction science, this is where we start to draw the line between action and yeah, action actions, films yeah. this is not a science fiction film this is a, a an emotional internal drama psychological drama yeah just um, set in space set in space which doesn't necessarily say future yeah it, it, it could be you know of the now so. Because the next film here is like Attack the Block. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. But um, that's a, it's a good film. It's like an alien invasion film. Yeah. It's well yeah. done in the south end, you know, south end of London. And it's very gangs and all that, you know. Yeah, and then you've got venue and environment taken away from that. Yeah. You've got characterization. It's like World's End. It's also not really. Uh, I mean, it's, it's science fiction from a character standpoint. Yeah. Not from an actual environment. Or future or possible future yeah so because Attack the Block everyone really liked it but I was never really that fussed with it I I, I kind of threw it away I kind of really did. I mean I, I thought mm, it was okay yeah I watched, I watched it but I it, didn't it, feel engaged yeah I thought it was a sort of sci-fi film it didn't quite work and it wasn't really that funny no you know, just gangs being gangs, and yeah. then all of a sudden, instead of being, being against kids. each other, now yeah. they've got this alien force trying to attack the block. So they they rally together and overcome yeah. the differences to blah blah blah. But you but you have to have those typical characters who yeah, the one who has yeah. the big marijuana plantation and yeah, you know yeah. the, the the different typical things that you've probably seen in a Little Britain episode. Yeah. Really, and it's not it kind of that. Felt like that. Yeah, kind of felt forced. It felt yeah. trying too hard to kind of build these characterizations up, and they're not really that. Yeah. Uh... How about the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the eighth dimension? Here's a quote for you: No matter where you go, there you are. <sighs> you know, I haven't seen this. And I've never heard of that. It's never really bounced into my um, my blockbuster video card trolley. <laughs> <laughs> It's quite a title. It's <laughs> quite a trolley. <laughs> what am I doing with a trolley and blockbuster videos? He's a rocker. Doctor. Don't talk down that. You never know what it might be attached to. Inventor. Philosopher. No matter where you go. There you are. And the only hero. Buckaroo. 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 Curse are you, Bonsai! Who can save us all? Evil! You are unstoppable from the eighth dimension! Baby! Launch thermal pod. Buckaroo Bonsai is pure nutty fun. Buckaroo, you would have got your thruster. 
Why don't you go around to him for a while? The cult sci-fi classic. Run, run! In a dimension. Good cast. Good cast, but this was before they were good, right? This was before Oh, John Lithgow had done, done a few good right. things. So but... the big idea is that that science is or should be the new rock and roll or the big her synth rock. Anyway. Yeah, well that 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 totally didn't go on my radar. No. Did Fantastic Voyage, nineteen sixty six. Uh, yeah, but not really. Not really. We're smashing through these. Okay, Minority Report. Interesting. Discuss. Philip K. Dick, novel. Yes. Film. Steven Spielberg. Yes, all correct. Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a really good... It, it is a good film. I, I've been a long time since I've seen it. I do like the precogs in yes, it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a precursor to the uh, Battlestar Galactica... Um, floaters that they have in that movie yeah the they floaters. have three colors <laughs> um, but yeah it, it's it's different Steven Spielberg did something different for a change he know? went through a stage didn't he like he did AI then he did um, Minority Report and Amistad yeah did. and they were just so like visually different. striking yes there's like a weird filter over the whole of Minority Report it's got it feels cool I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks and Donald Dubin. It was take place today, April 22nd, at 0800 hours and four minutes. Don't run. Spielberg is such a technically great director. Yes. Maybe sometimes strict, you know, scripts and stuff might fall by the wayside slightly, but technically he's an astounding director. Detail, his detail, attention to detail and, and attention to reality, the things that people normally do in a scene. You know they'll be not doing things quite naturally, yeah. and I think that's that's his, one of his strengths is that and people are yeah. quite natural in this. And film. he tends to do long longer takes, not loads of quick cuts, longer takes. And, yeah, and you're he, right. And he's sort of famous, isn't he, for always being able to finish like uh, before uh, you know before the date he's supposed to finish. Like, he'll always finish like two weeks, three weeks before he's, he's scheduled to finish. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's his reputation. Yeah, it is. But that's that's the art of filmmaking. As under a, an actual company, yeah, it's a business. It's not a. It's not. It's not always just that the art form. But he's able to combine the two quite quite nicely. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think it's a really good film. Really yeah. I also enjoyed um, in that movie the um, the the dynamic of visual screens. Yes, the the, the, the mo- moving things across. That Absolutely. was a, a bit of a precursor to the whole Apple swiping technology that they have now on yeah but uh which is everywhere now i suppose that was the first time we saw it but now you see it everywhere yeah we, we didn't really see it in star trek star trek was still pushing buttons yeah which is kind of odd but uh and had boxes that go whittly woo whittly woo what are you doing yeah whittly, the whittly woo boxes i wish i had one but every every star trek fan seems to have one of those but also in Minority Report, it's, it's really funny. Do you remember the part where he has that fake eye put in and he loses it and he's like chasing after his fake eye down that corridor? Oh, that is good, yeah. That's and really funny. They had all those little spider cameras as well that were kind of yeah, like infl- trying to infiltrate. He was trying to hide from that. So there was the element of Mission Impossible. You know, obviously yeah, there was yeah. an influence from, from the two. So, okay, what's next? Barbarella. I have watched this many times. I've, I've watched it, but... 
I haven't really followed a storyline. There's not much storyline, but um, do you need it? I, I, I kind of feel as though it's great when you're chopping vegetables. <laughs> Meet the most beautiful creature of the future. Her name is Barbarella, and she makes science fiction something else. Jane Fonda is Barbarella. Barbarella is a five-star, double-rated astro-navigatrix Earth girl whose specialty is... Love! <laughs> I think it's fine right? just to watch and I think I know. leave me alone, lock the door in the bathtub, and let us watch Jane Fonda in Zero Gravity, yeah. wearing very little. <laughs> at that, at that age. That. At that age. Oh, well. yeah, at that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a great actress, darling. I, I think she's, she's one of the actresses that really you're terrified to work with. She's, she's really that good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've, I've seen her in a film like they they shoot horses, don't they? And, and the yeah, way yeah. she, the way she talk, talks people down, and the way yeah, you know, she has quite a power. But okay. yeah, but it was sort of born out of its time. It was such like a swinging sixties type sci-fi film, isn't it? You know, it's, it's psychedelic and yes, it's, it's very drug fueled. And I think Austin Bowers has kind of took a lot a lot from this. Yeah, it, yeah, it was very colourful. It was very bright. And Kyle Minogue did a music video which was based on Barbarella. Oh yeah, she's in zero gravity and we're nothing <laughs> we're just sheets I watched that many times too yes yeah what's next The Andromeda Strain I love this movie I do you know I love the woman in this movie I can't remember her name um, but it was probably going to jump it's out not the cast, cast no the, do you know what they just had three guys and David. oh sexist Time yeah, sexist. Time. But do you know what? The, the the three guys in this movie had no personality. She did. <laughs> she was incredible. She was kind of like she reminded me of Velma from Scooby Doo. How she was actually was quite intelligent, but she always had something you know annoying, annoyed, and yeah. she had an annoyance about her. Rosie O'Donnell kind of a thing mm. going on. And I found that she, I found her hilariously quirky. Yeah. Um, and don't you think it's the, is this the first time? Would you say that it was the idea of aliens would not be this? Benevolent beasts, but more of like a, like a, a microbe. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, this yeah. this kind of spawned, excuse the uh, pun, uh, a whole bunch of different ideas about how, where aliens come from in in outside of the uh, the norm. Mm. But um, the thing about Andromeda Strain is that it's a process movie. It takes you through the processes of yeah. of, of you know every single level of of, of security. Um, so for a lot of it, it's kind of like explorative fiction, yeah. Um, which is that that's that's part of the hard boiled um, science fiction element that I was kind of honing in on. That the hard boiled is very very descriptive about processes and how things work, and very deep in the descriptions about how things work mm. in a very scientifically clinical way. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that, that that's that always fascinates me. And I think the remake that they did for TV movie remake um, um, was 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 kind of okay, but it was no, no mark on that first movie. Yeah. It's a long time since I've seen it. Long the, time. So. Lot, can you think of any movies that spawned off from the Andromeda Strain? Um, would you say the Species maybe did? 
because they went to Mars and then brought back a microbe. They brought back the caught. Yeah, they brought back a microbe, which was ended up being this horrific. You've got the stand as well. Yeah, the stand. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, the stand and um, invasion of body snatchers. Yeah. Which in the first movie, I don't know if that was uh, the the first movie was actually in the fifties, I think, or sixties. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I, know if, I don't know if that was actually a, a spawn or not. Um, yeah, because it was so creepy. I remember the, the original one. Every version I've got was creepy, but I remember just hit the kid's dad when he just walks off and then comes back and now he's different. Yeah. Really, just something so weird and creepy about that. Yeah. Just to know that he looks like my dad, but that's not my dad. Yeah, I, I love that. I, yeah, it's such a great thing yeah. to play with, you know. Yeah. Paranoia. Yeah. Love it. What's next? Well, they put Pacific Rim here. I thought that was Pelican rimming. <laughs> I misread it. <laughs> uh, that's what that's what I'm doing later. <laughs> Pacific Rim. Yeah, great, it's great alien, costumes. It's I suppose it's kind movie. of an alien invasion film. Would you say it's more of a monsters film than sci-fi? Is would you say monster movies are a different? It's, yeah, it's really... Starship Troopers kind of thing, but. But this is like mega transformer type of kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it's, but it's done really well. Yeah, and it's beautiful, can... beautiful costumes. It's yeah. a cosplay's paradise, basically. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it was. It, it never really got on my radar because I'm not interested in robots fighting, uh, even if they have got humans in them. Well, I'm predisposed to this because Gael Del Toro directed it, so I'm like, yeah. Regardless, I'm gonna really like it. But I thought. Yeah, I think for big, huge monsters fighting big, huge beasts, no, it's not been done as well as that because no. you can actually see what's going on. It all makes sense. Not like a Transformers film where it's like you can't understand what's going on. Yeah. You can't see who's who, what's fighting who. So it's quite clear. So, Star Trek. The, Star Trek. The remake. Uh, just one second. Aspen, can you take Elmo off your face, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to remove a Sesame Street character because he's killing my child. <laughs> it's the Smother Me Elbow toy. <laughs> smother Me Elbow! Right, um, you, did you mention Star Trek? Yeah, 2009 remake, JJ Abrahams. JJ 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 yeah, with, because I uh, I think that this is a movie for the new generation. It's like Star Wars: Phantom Menace was a movie for the new generation, not really for the old generation. I think it's unfair to compare Star Wars: Phantom Menace with the new Star Trek. No, because there was that kind of the, it, it, not the outcome, but the setup, the yeah. uh, anticipation. You've got people who were in the sixties who watched the original Star Trek, people who were in the in, in the eighties who watched Next Generation. 90s Deep Space Nine and you've got later Voyager yeah. and of course whatever that Enterprise thing was but uh, and you've got all the movies as well and but I think, what that done, I think know, the idea of going alright I, I cannot compete with that I'm not as arrogant to think I could just carry on with a different Star Trek so imagine that something in a, it happened that just invented an entire new timeline so you can keep the it original was brave. one it was yeah, brave. it was brave, and I think, and it works. Well. And it, and I watched it, and I do, I, I do enjoy. I did enjoy the first one. Yeah, definitely. I think the first one is really good. I can. Yeah. it's one of those films I can just keep going back and watching, and enjoy. You know, definitely, definitely, and I, and I think that it, it's a good, strong cast, and I, I believe in them. Absolutely, as those characters.
We've received a distress call. It's an attack. This is your day of reckoning. This may be his next target. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Leaving you in command. Either we're going down, or they are. Fire everything! Do it! Do it! Rated PG-13, May 8th in theaters and IMAX. Yeah, and it's it's a really good movie. The first one. Yeah, you don't like Into Darkness so much, do you? Uh, I I struggle because they they tried to do they tried to do something, but they didn't own it. Yeah, as their own, and they they had a far too emotional spark, um, doing the same things that they would have done in the alternate universe, but reversed it. Spock dies in the first in the yeah, so Kirk, Kirk dies, but then they didn't have the guts to just follow through with that. They had to just bring him back with a antidote, yeah. but also have Spock doing Khan and, and, and these things. These things tick me off. They could if they if they left that out and just had Khan as a superhuman doing superhuman things and he had his crew of, of superhumans trying if they just kind of kept with that yeah. then I, I probably would have been happy but they they were trying too much to service the fandom but they did that by just being cheesy a little bit I, I just really liked it I the film is all surface there's no not really any depth yeah. there at all but and I think that's, if that's you can just right. watch it it's just being surface I mean what surface is great yeah. I know we've discussed it before and I can understand why you have a problem with the Spock getting the emotions get the better of him but at that point where he was like Khan and then you find out where he is and then Ahura just says to him go get him I was like go and kick his ass I was really into it and then <laughs> The part when they're fighting on top of that that waste disposal unit thing. It's a great scene. I'm beating scene. the hell out of him. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes, I'm having this. It's a great scene, but it kind of it, it just throws me out of Star Trek. And the thing is about you know, Star, yeah, it's a surface movie, but Star Trek is not surface. No, there's a lot more to it usually, and I kind of feel as though that they're they're going a little bit too Star Trek light. For well, my books. they're not now, are they? Um, Simon Pegg's writing the. The new one. Yeah. It's going to be released for the twenty fifth or fiftieth anniversary or something. It'll be the fifth. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be the fiftieth. So sixty. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll so, be two thousand sixteen. Yeah, that's when they want the film to come out. Um, but he, he said that like it's not going to be someone. To, you know what people do these days because the internet. It'll say a phrase to take out of context what he was talking about. It goes all around the internet. that Simon Pegg said it's not going to. It's, they've been. He's been told to keep it Star Trek light. To not make it like a Star Trek film, but I, I don't know what he actually said. It was taken out of context, and I've heard him interviewed recently, and he said it's going to be a Star Trek film. There's going to be no taking away. It's going to be so Star Trek, and it's going to be right in deep space. And I'm really excited for it. Yeah, because it's about that's what we want. I mean, we, the the thing is about these arch nemesis films that they keep on bringing out. Um, there's there's not a lot of depth in that. It's it's simply. There's a bad guy. He has a big ship. He's gonna destroy lots of things, and they've got to get him. That's not Star Trek. That's that's kind of like every other film. And I kind of mm. feel as though that that Star Trek is about getting out there into the unknown and doing things that they they've never done before, never yeah. got and going where they've no nowhere they've been before. So let's kind of I, I think get that's back what the next that. film's going to be. I do and think that's what it's going to be. It's dangerous. It's just in danger of looking like every other other kind of film. I'm excited for the next one. Good. I really am. I'm going to hold back my excitement until Simon I watch Peg, it. Simon Pegg, mate. 
he's he's all right. What do you mean all right? He's, he's a all right. Writer. But you've got Sean of the Dead. Yes, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. He's writing Spaced. it, but he's not directing it. He doesn't have final cut. Well, yeah, and that is that. You know, no matter how good he is, if he doesn't have final cut, or you know, then he he's going to have to put his trust, his script. He's he's going to have to put his trust in it as well. He's going to have to stand back and say, okay, well, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I'm hoping that my money's well spent. Let's have an alternate reality for a second. Right. Okay. How good would a Star Trek film wrote by Simon Pegg, directed by Edgar Wright be? <laughs> it would be. Uh, they would have to not make uh, a, an Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg film. They'd have no, to it, make it, a Star I, Trek film. They are such nerds that they would. It would be the Star Trek film. It would be the Star Trek. It would film. be because they would homage it. They were. They, they want to stay true to the memory of Star Trek more Is than it, anything. That's the thing. That's Edgar Wright's thing. That's man. the thing because uh, you know, William Shatner was when he did Star Trek Five. He was pinned up to being that was going to be the the most amazing Star Trek film because it was William Shatner. Who knows Star Trek more than William Shatner, apart from. Leonard Nimoy, who who is a far superior director, let's yeah. face it. Um, but people were excited about Star Trek V, the final frontier, and they were thinking, what, what you know, the, what let them down was studio not giving them any money. Yeah, he literally had a script. He had the script to play with, and he didn't want that story. That story wasn't going to be that. It just became that, and it was just we've got to have Klingons. They they said you've got to have Klingons. You've got to have this. And it just, you know, that's the that's the big problem with with film studios butting in, and they've got to realise that this is something. There's something more to it than just getting tropes and taking this piece and putting it in there because this worked there. Let's put this there. Everybody liked this movie, but they didn't like this movie. No, 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 that's not entirely true. You know, yeah. I I like I like all of the Star Trek films, apart from Insurrection. I find that a very lame. Uh, effort really yeah. on Jonathan Frakes' part. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it, which speaks volumes. And Nemesis was just yet another. I'm a bad guy with a big ship. Yeah, let's kill, kill, kill. And uh, yeah, there's more to Star Trek. Than that. Uh, it's more, moving on. Okay, Avatar. <laughs> Avatar. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's uh, uh, moving on. I will say with Avatar that like um, <laughs> it's a beautiful looking film. Yeah. It would be nice if they spent ten dollars on a script. Yeah, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. It's a superhero film. I'm surprised that that's never actually become anything more than that. But uh, it's okay. What was that? Seconds. The Prestige. That's not a sci-fi film. Yeah, this, this is where people get confused about the the genre itself. Science yeah. fiction originally intended to be uh, an ex- explorative fiction about what is possible in the future what is what, what what could happen what is the dystopia what is the utopia what is the mixture in between it's all about that logan's run logan's oh, run love it love it and it it could potentially have been they actually had a series as well they did have one series and a season of a series uh, for logan's run that could have been the star trek uh, you know what i think logan's run the big idea of it is I would say it's a story of radicalism and questioning the future in the palm of your hand. The of the society that the this is the 23rd century. Well, you could say that. Sophisticated technology has created an automated world of wonders. A world beyond imagination until now. It is filled with beauty and the vitality of youth. 
pleasure is the way of life. But in the 23rd century, life lasts 30 years. Not one day less, not one day more. When the crystal in the palm of your hand flashes its final message, your time is up. But there are a few rebels who run in search of sanctuary. Logan, trained to enforce the law, dares to become a runner himself. He and the girl who loves him become the hunted when they set off on Logan's Run, a fantastic adventure through the 23rd century. Or you could just say it's 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 Jenny Agatha. Come on, <laughs> when, when she was good, um, yeah. This it's, it's a yeah. And Michael York, who talks like that, who everybody. But yeah, and Logan's Run is is a favorite. I will watch that anytime. Yeah, he's another favorite of mine. Westworld. Love this movie. Love love the. the, the I think we can do a podcast just on Westworld. Oh yeah, and, and future world because I, I, apparently yeah. there is a sequel. Westworld. It is available on Amazon Prime. I can watch it. We will soon be landing at Westworld, the ultimate resort. We have you on grid five, over. It consists of three worlds of the past. Locking in now. Worlds where you can live out your every fantasy. There's Roman world, the lusty, decadent delights of Imperial Pompeii. Notify ground crews. Medieval world, chivalry and combat in 13th century Europe. And Westworld. Lawless violence on the American frontier of 1880. Each resort is maintained by reliable computer technology and peopled by lifelike robot men and women. Let's stand by for resort activation. Ready on six, on five, on four, on three, on two. Activate. Where nothing, nothing can possibly go wrong. I'm shot. Go wrong. Raw. Go wrong. Oh, my God. Shut down. Shut down immediately. Westworld from MGM. Starring Yul Brynner, Richard Benjamin, and James Brolin. Westworld, the ultimate resort. Boy, do we have a vacation for you. For you. For you. For you. How good is that? <laughs> oh, honestly, that film is Sweet. great. The Abyss. The Abyss is a fascinating uh, little piece from from James Cameron. I think it was quite a daring film, quite yeah. a different film. Because they um, they created a technology that was used in Terminator Two, didn't they? With the water and how the water behaves, they created it for that. Yes, and then that That's gave it. him the idea of the liquid. Terminator. This was the platform for yeah. that, and, and, I, and I think it was that, in that 1984. Was, yeah, director James Cameron audiences with his vision of the future, the Terminator. In 1986, he created the science fiction masterpiece, Aliens. This summer, he will take you into a world no man has ever seen before. The Abyss. Believe your eyes.
Right. Theatrical cut, director's cut. Oh. I'd stick with the theatrical cut. So would I. Because... Director's cut's too on the nose. It's, yeah, you're right. It's too... Humans are bad, but there is hope. Yeah. It's like, don't you don't need to say that. Just just be ambiguous about it. Don't You don't have to explain why you're letting him go. Yeah, precisely. It's because of love. Again, it's like Interstellar. There's a there's a love. The idea of love is the yeah. universal constant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I'd rather have that than than weapons are bad. And you people yeah, are going to die. Yeah, this huge tidal wave. wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right about that one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very rare to do does adding stuff um, actually make you feel uneasy about it. It made me feel yeah, uneasy watching the just, uh, cut. It just his Cameron just start. It, it was the start of his downfall for me. But he did the same. But the thing is, the it, ego thing. You same know what I mean? thing in Terminator Two, though. The whole idea of of humans are trying to destroy themselves. I think he was going through a bit of a phase. Yeah. Of damn you, humanity! <laughs> I just remember the. Um, I blame his. He'd being interviewed. The systems are normal. Uh, you guys hearing the song? He's giving the interview underwater. Yes. In, the yes, whole documentary James, was underwater as well. Descending to 1,000 feet. I don't see the bar yet. Looks like it must have sunk pretty low. With a dying thirst to be the first. Could it be? Yeah, that's him, James Cameron. Um, yeah, he'd actually had to do the, the behind the scenes himself. He did his own documentary behind the scenes underwater. <laughs> Um, so it's like a part of me kind of just wants to rip his face off and say just get over yourself but then the other part of me says put his face back on and let him do some more sketches because they are really good well, he's a good storyteller yeah yeah one of my favourite things he's done in recent memory though is The Ghost of the Abyss with the Titanic documentary yeah yeah with Bill Paxton to go down there and look at the wreckage of the Titanic I went watching that in IMAX and it was beautiful yeah and that's that's where he he that, that he's got value as a more of a doc, I, I'd like to see him as a documentarian, a documentary filmmaker, Maybe getting out there, thing. doing, getting out there and being because he likes to be a part of everything that he does. Why not just be a part of that? Like, because when Avatar two, three, four, five million comes out in the next few years, is anyone going to care? No, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I don't think I'm anticipating. I don't think anybody else is apart from toy makers and manufacturers and a McDonald's. Yeah, that's it. War of the Worlds, the original one, 1953. Um, yeah, it, the the film, it's a good film. I actually did, I, I did buy the DVD. I do enjoy yeah. that film. It's um, I think it's up there somewhere. It's a uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's exciting. It's fun. It's colourful, and it's good to have yeah. in the background. Yeah, I like that film. Okay, yeah. Mad Max Two, The Road Warrior. Would Why? you say these are sci-fi films? That's a that's a dystopian future. Yeah. Um, but it is not really science fiction. Yeah, it's tricky. I think of science fiction as being an advancement of human. Yeah. And then there's dystopian future. Different spawns of science fiction. Gravity. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not really science fiction again. It's it, this is this is stuff that could actually happen now. This is a space drama for today. Yeah. Donnie Darko. That's not sci-fi. It's more of a psychological. It's not sci-fi. No, no, no. No, the, the only thing is, is the di- dimensional shift in it. But that's really, you know, Dune. 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 This is this is not the Joe Dawoski's Dune. This is Lynch's. This is Dune. Lynch's Dune. Yeah. Which everybody thought was probably going to be different to what it is. I mean, it's, I think it's very, very Blade Runner esque. 
Yeah, famously turned down. presents Dune. You know why this is what happened when we were A world where the mighty is coming from an ad. The mad. All I can see is an Atreides that I want to kill. And the magical. The sleeper has awakened! Will have their final battle. A world called Dune. Long live the fighters! Dune. Rated PG 13. Starts Friday at select theaters. You have to find the ad, it's there, just a little bit further down. mute on this thing. I got it, I got it. There you go. Before you actually tell us what they're actually advertising, and then we can continue. Yeah, not bothered. Dune, you just went, just went down. Yeah, Dune. So, yeah, he famously turned down directing Return of Jedi to do Dune. Which, yeah, he was too intimidated by uh, the, the idea of Return of the Jedi. He, um, was he? he? Yeah, he actually went to the, the ranch and he he actually explained... I was in, asked in, in, in uh, by he George just, he just felt, uh, to... He just felt it was not uh, his world. To come up his, to see him thing. and well, I can, I can imagine intimidated. That. About directing, which would, would be the third Star Wars. And I had next door to zero interest... But I always admired George. You know, George is a guy that does what he loves, and I'd do what I love. The difference is what George loves makes hundreds of billions of dollars. <laughs> so I thought I should go up and at least visit with him. And it was incredible. I had to go to this building in L.A. first and get a special credit card, and I had to get a special keys, and a letter came, and a map. And um, then I went into the airport, and I flew up, and then they had a rental car all ready for me, and this uh, keys, and, you know, everything was set, and I was to drive to this place. And I came into an office, and there was George. And he, he talked with me for a little bit, and then he said, I want to show you something. Now, right about in this time, I started getting a little bit of a headache. Just a, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So he took me upstairs, and he showed me these things called Wookies. And now this headache is getting, you know, getting stronger. <laughs> and he showed me many animals and different things. Then he took me for a ride in his Ferrari for a lunch. And George is uh, kind of short. So he was, his seat was way back, and he was almost laying down in the car. We were flying through this little town up in Northern California. We went to a restaurant. Not that I don't like salad, but that's all they had was, was salad. <laughs> <laughs> then I got a really... Uh, an almost like a migraine headache. And I could hardly wait to get to home. And I even before I got home, I kind of crawled into a phone booth and phoned my agent. I said, there's no way, I know no way I can do this. He said, David, 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 calm down. You don't have to do this. Yeah, but June's not really his... Well, it could have been his world, but he famously took his name 
off it. He made it an Alan Smithy film. Yeah, because, because of the, the studio yeah. just butchered the film he made. Yeah, they made a horrible, horrible opening uh, sequence. Where it was like you might as well just just given everybody a leaflet and told to just skip the first ten minutes. Yeah, you know, read the leaflet. That's what it was. Um, so, but the, the film itself, I I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, I, it's okay. It's watchable. I I find Alia hilarious. Yeah, because she's she does. She kind of reminds me of somebody I know. Okay. Yeah. I won't be good for anyone else listening, though, will it? No, no. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's kind of... It's a freaky film. It's a good film. Okay. Predator. I suppose that is kind of sci-fi. There's an alien. Yes, it is. It's, um, yeah, it's it's that kind of thing again where it's it's just purely aliens on Earth now. I like the idea it's just a, it's a spot for the alien just to get yeah. down there and... He's just killing people for fun. Yeah. Just for sport. But this is kind of like the, the precursor. That was the precursor to all these first-person shooters. Yeah. Movies. And it's kind of like, it feels like that. Yeah, where you're you're hunting people for sport. That's yeah. what people do on on, um, on computers now. Yeah. They hunt each other down for sport. That's great. Under the Skin. Yes. I love that film. And again, it's not science fiction esque. It's more. Uh, it's sort of is you because don't she's know. an alien. She's an alien, but you don't really kind of. It's not done in the conventional way. No. She doesn't have an alien ship where she drags her bodies up into it and then she. Oh, she has a horrible council house. She has a horrible council house. takes guys into, and you never really know what happens to these guys. No, but there's. Because it's always very surreal. There's just be this really beautiful image of her naked in a pool and the guy just walks into a pool and then something happens it's alright if you've got a big TV but I've got a huge TV (laughs) oh man but uh, yeah it's it's an interesting twist on on the science fiction genre Mm. and uh, I found it yeah pleasantly pleasantly surprising and just at the very end where she sort of found like a a lease for life hasn't she she's found this respect for humankind because of the interaction she's had and at the very end she strips her skin off and you see the alien and the guy just kills her that's it it's yeah doesn't any more need to be said than that really does it Starship Troopers this is your uh, Paul Verhoeven um, take yeah. on on how um, how propaganda brings young people into the war and mm. um, how yeah they, they pumped it up souped it up to the max this was actually quite an exciting uh, lead up before it, it was actually they released um the soundtrack on on um, on a newspaper. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, it was like exciting. I kind of like this film. It's a good film. Um, it's got, it's got some nice characters in it. Mm. Um, you know, you, you've you've got uh, yeah, it's very likable. That's that's kind of it. Um, the bug hunts exciting. They didn't Every know school kid knows that arachnids are dangerous. Uh, this one. However, Mormon extremists disregarded federal warnings and established Port Joe Smith. Deep inside the arachnid quarantine zone, too late, they realized that Dantana had already been chosen by other colonists, arachnids. Would you like to know more? Happy with that. Yeah, I think I think the sequels shied away from any kind of commentary on any kind of social social commentary, didn't they? But yeah, 
to straight up just fighting insect like things, you know. And then after this, Paul Van Hoven made um, Showgirls. And a really good sci fi. <laughs> yeah, nothing's real in that movie. No. Here we go. Well, so you got contact, love that. What's <laughs> that? This morning's detection of an unidentified radio source from deep space can neither be confirmed nor denied. Whatever it is, it ain't local. Position? It's only 26 light years away. You're having sent this announcement all over the world may well constitute a breach of national security. Boy, this isn't a person-to-person call. This may be an announcement to get our attention. It's a great film. Yeah. And I love that people were annoyed about it and were upset because they didn't see aliens. And they were disappointed because of the ending, but they they didn't get it. They didn't get it. This is a personal no. journey of a, of, a, of a girl who lost her father and was yeah. looking for her dad. Uh, and that was it. There was more. There's so much more to it. It's a, yeah. It's a very very deep existential film. film. Yeah. And the idea that if a, a an alien force presence, whatever you want to call it, would show itself to us, it'd do it in a in a way that we understand. But then not be able to record or to see or to, yeah. you know, and, and that's something as well. I mean, I always think that the, that this whole UFO science fiction idea of, of things flying overhead um i don't believe any of that i don't believe any, any encounter that has been captured on video is actually a mm. we've said it, it's 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 not this one alien called ralph who just basically kev, kev is it kev, kev now kev the alien kev the alien who's the one rubbish one who keeps setting the alarms off <laughs> yeah and keeps getting caught you know on yeah. camera and uh yeah the, i've got this probe <laughs> i guess kev enough with the probes mate <laughs> you know, we've, we've not done that for the hundreds of years yeah, but I've got it. Come on, let's just try it. Stick it up his bum. Kev, no. What's let's get, the point? Let's go back to his ship. Where have you left your ship? Oh, I parked oh, it in the middle of the cl- bell. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I cloaked it. it. I can't see it, mate. I can't remember where I put it. <laughs> yeah, like fifteen cars parked on a highway. And there's like cars everywhere. Yeah, big pile into up. it. Big pile up. It's like, oh, Kev, why are you supposed to be quiet and secretive? And you didn't use your cloud cover this time. Yeah, but but he's like the, <laughs> the guy who runs the universe. It's his son, so he has, like, so he has to go on all the thing. Yeah, otherwise you get in trouble. Yeah. Take Kev, will you? So make sure he doesn't get in any trouble. Oh no! Yeah, it's like again. But, the guys are back. But this is it. This is where this is where aliens are are secretive. They're not necessarily going to show themselves. They cover their tracks. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Ooh, contact. Here you go. Is that a, the, the quote? No, it's Carl Sagan, the unsung hero of modern science fiction. We often hear about the scientists who were inspired by his 1980 Cosmos TV series, but it must be the same for authors and filmmakers, seeing through Sagan's wise eyes how vast, rich, and strange our universe is. An occasional novelist, Sagan's best-known work is Contact, the story of a young astronomer played with great dignity by Jodie Foster mm-hmm. in this movie version. Jodie's Foster. <laughs> Jodie's Foster. <laughs> Released barely a year after Sagan's death. Oh, I didn't know that. Who yeah. received a signal from outer space. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's, it's a great storyline. Yeah, they send back the uh, the image of Hitler. It sends chills in your, down your spine when you think about it, that you know they can look at any part of our history and think that's 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 who we are and that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Interesting. It'll be a, if they wanted uh, like an, an advanced species wanted to show themselves to us, they'd probably come down in a huge ship shape like the M from McDonald's and just coming down the ship. You know what I mean? They would, and they and the first thing they would say, "Would you like fries with that?" That's 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 their yeah. slogan. That's how they say hello. Would you like to go large? 
Do you want to go large? Do you want to super size? Do you want to super size? It's great. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And then they just feed us. <laughs> they just eat. <laughs> Take me to your feeder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> District 9. District 9, not really interested. I didn't. I, I, I kind of felt uncomfortable watching that movie. Really? Yeah, I kind of felt... Um, I felt as though we were setting the wrong example for humanity. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, it's true. I, I, I felt un- I felt very uncomfortable with with our uh, with us. But that's kind of the point. That's how exactly it's a commentary on how South Africans have been treated. You know, yeah, or how exactly. the governments have treated the the people, especially black people. Yeah, and I I, I, I kind of get that. And it's the social commentary again. It's not it's not directly on the nose saying what it's supposed to be saying, but. Uh, yeah, I, I because because I knew that going in, I kind of couldn't watch it as as aliens are here, right. and uh, it, it just didn't seem. I just well, just the idea of like um, these aliens come down to make contact with us, and we just make them live in squalor and lock them in a certain part, and yeah. don't let them. But that's have exactly any probably how we would do it. I mean, I, I I see it as a as a very strong sense of reality. This the that's probably what we would do we'd be so paranoid we wouldn't want to give them any leeway mm. keep them secure but because isn't that the day the earth stood still doesn't that happen when they come down the first thing someone does is shoot them um yeah the day the earth stood still was the the big the big mecha man comes down and um yeah and they start shooting at him and then they say well we're gonna we're gonna literally just Aim or, you know, we're going to come down and we're going to destroy you. You've got to give us a reason before mm-hmm. the end of the movie as to why we shouldn't do that. So, yeah. Okay. Not a lot to really say about it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so next Total Recall. Mm. The the original, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great fun. Yeah. Fun special cool effects. Um, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger kicks ass. Yeah. It's kind of an action film, but it's science I've never read the book. It's a Philip K. Dick book again, isn't it? Yeah, they, he's very, he's a very, very detailed writer. I've re- I listened to a podcast where someone's thought, um, this guy believes in time travel. He believes that Philip K. Dick yeah, could travel right. through time, mm. and that's how he was so brilliant. So detailed. So detailed yeah. of what was going to come. I suppose looking at it from the aspect of you get great science fiction, and we want that. How could we make that work? And we... That influences how science goes. There you science go. fiction. Silent Running. Silent Running is an incredible go. movie. Um, I love. I mean, watch the documentary as well because they they filmed it all on a on an old aircraft carrier. Right. And everything that you see in it is a lot of the, the interior ship scenes were real from the aircraft carrier, and they mm. literally lived on an aircraft carrier. And, and Bruce Dern would would do laps. Around the actual aircraft carrier, right? Every day before he actually went down. So when he came back down, he was hot and sweaty and looked like that. Looked manic because he's he's always kind of like just half knackered himself before the shoot. Well, I think I need to watch that film again because it's um, it's a long time since I've seen it, and you speak so highly of it. Yeah, yeah, I I love it. I I saw it years and years and years and years ago, and I I they they, he's got three little robots, Huey, Dewey, and Louie in it, and I think they're incredible. I think they've got so much personality. Those little characters. And again, it's got social commentary. You know, we've destroyed all the earth, and there are no trees left. Um, but it's got a re- the ending's really depressing if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, he just he just dies. Yeah, and uh, and the, they they leave 
all the um, the all the the arboretums that they've been saving the the last green trees on earth the last plants ever yeah. you know these this is it they're being kept alive by a robot that's just watering everything keeping it alive it's just drifting out into space on its own so humanity has kind of lost it too. yeah I just remember watching it as a kid and just that the ending is really affecting me yeah. you're just feeling really sort of just one robot left just watering everything yeah. and it's like that's the future of humanity but the beautiful music as well the uh, tune in guys <laughs> yeah great get in get some of that what's next 12 Monkeys I love 12 Monkeys I think it's the best Monkeys film yeah out of the other 11 were a little bit disappointing I saw it in the cinema okay and I, I, I at the end of that I was like what <laughs> I was so amazed by what it, it blew my mind it, it was very um, very yeah Again, Bruce Willis being um Bruce Willis like for a change. Yeah, so some directors can really get a good performance out of him. Yes, and I like that. I like that. It's a good film. AI. AI. It's a very um, yeah. It's quite upsetting that film. The it idea is. of children being replaced because one's in a coma, and as soon as he comes back, they dump the robot. Mm. I mean, that's it, it's quite. It's a heartstring movie. It's a, yeah, but uh, the journey that he goes on is a kind of I, I can't remember it, but he meets Jude Law and he's a gigolo, and um, I, I think that's all you have to say about that. <laughs> what yeah. do you reckon to it? I think it's a really good film. Everyone sort of says that Spielberg did it because Kubrick died, and it was like an homage to him. But in reality, Kubrick rang Spielberg and said, "I've got this script. I think it's something you should do. It's not for me." That's it. You know what I mean? So the film you see is a film that would have been, regardless. People think, yeah, that there was that whole thing about thinking that this, that Steven Spielberg took and ruined what could have been a, a classic Stanley Kubrick movie. Um, but they need to, people need to get out of themselves. It was, it was a serviceable film. But it, it well, was, I think it's a really good film. It's not a classic, but it's really good. I don't think it's as memorable as I, as it could have been. Right, Moon. Now we're getting somewhere. Moon, Moon's one heck of a film. It's uh, uh, this is the, like the new generation of, of filmmakers are really kind of taking taking science fiction to it on a bit of a spin. Yeah, and, and directing directed by David um, Bowie's David Bowie's son, yeah, Duncan Jones. It's good. It's good work. Good job. And Kevin Spacey is the uh, the, the the robot. It's a really good film. Yes. Next, Matrix. Yeah, first Matrix is brilliant. Yeah, classic. They should have just stopped it there. Yeah, yeah. or maybe to turn the the two and three into just one film. Yeah, yeah. Because the second one reloaded was uh, it was okay because I like kung fu cinema. And it was full of that, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. The third one was just terrible, bad dialogue. It was just it was awful. Okay, the thing. Great film. I watched it over and over again. John Carpenter's best film. Yeah, arguably I, that yeah definitely definitely yeah sorry about that on Halloween Hall- like, Halloween, Halloween is, will always be probably my favourite it's film. mass marketable uh, and it's great but, but Thing is kind of like a little bit more of a distance 
It's, um, and yeah. this is a film that gets inside you, literally like the thing. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, it's very uh, yeah. You feel cold and you paranoid, feel yeah. yeah paranoid and you feel distance yeah. from. Everybody. I just think the characters are hilarious though. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, Kurt Russell is so underplayed in this movie. It's yeah. surreal, and uh, the Norwegians and the I, I kind of like the new the new remake as well because they kind of went onto the Norwegian side. Yeah, and, yeah. and I like um, when he's um, the strapped to that chair. Like, I know we've all had a bad day. But I'd really not want to spend the rest of my day tied to this fucking chair. Such a great, great film. Et. Et the extraterrestrial. Beautiful music. Uh, we don't talk about music a lot in science fiction, but so music is kind of very, very strong. I feel like it's always operating. I guess when you don't realize how good music is in a film, that's when it's really good. True, true. When it becomes you know I mean? a part when, of the when film. you start listening to it and thinking, "Oh, well, right, that, that's when it's bad." It starts yeah. to interfere with the film and taking you because you, you you should be so focused on what's happening on the screen, the plot, whatever's going on, yeah. and the music's there to enhance that. If you start thinking about the music, then the film's not very good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But the thing about the music with this one is that if you took it out, it would just be lacking so much emotion. And I think that's what just what you know that's what John Williams is there for. Empire. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, we 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 like Star Wars. So Fine. The first Terminator. First Terminator. You it's, can't, a good film. it's a great film. Metropolis. Metropolis. Now I, I did a re-edit of this. I was um, because <laughs> I decided. Speaking of John Williams and, and score and music, I rescored uh, Metropolis. Wow! Because I the Radio Gaga. I Queen. hated Queen version yeah. of Metropolis so much. I, I just I ripped it onto my computer and I just basically uh, took um, the Jedi Outcast Knight score right. from the game because it was all in MP3s and I just overlaid it. Wow. Uh, I have that version. Um, uh, basically, you can't put that online. I, I I don't think I can, but <laughs> just don't make any money out of it. Be yeah, I'll just pop it on. But yeah, I've got a version that just basically is score from from Star Wars mm. and it works. Classic film though, isn't it? It's... Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, Brazil. Um, Brazil, yeah, nice and dark and twisted. Yeah, aliens. It's an action film. Yeah, we've 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 Mark. talked about the alien franchise for franchise. Yeah. Okay, Close Encounters. That's yeah, that's a good film. <laughs> is this it? This is basically our. You can tell I'm. I'm, I'm this is this is how we're going to end it. That's a good film. That's I need a good to be, film. I need to be teaching film. in half an hour. So well, literally, yeah. Quick. I mean, shall we just? cap it off at Close Encounters and or do you have is this like an ultimate top 10 now I think I was going to say what do you think is the best sci-fi film then we've got the at number 1 here is 2001 A Space Odyssey at number 2 is Blade Runner I think 2001 A Space Odyssey is the ultimate hard boiled science fiction yeah. movie um, where science is kind of like a part Close of Encounters of the third setup. kind yeah. and, and the begins yeah. in an uh, Indiana last, town 20 minutes of and leads to one inescapable conclusion. We are not alone. A Columbia Pictures presentation. Now playing at a theater near you. It's incredible. It's yeah, incredible. It I really think is. The ideas, the ingenuity, the, 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 there's so much in that movie that I love. 
because of the of the, the design of that film. It's, the, the, it's a worldwide thing as well. They didn't just stick with America. You know, it, it was happening yeah. everywhere. They got Francois Truffaut in there and doing his thing. And, you know, it wasn't short-sighted. It was global-sighted, yeah. even though it does end up in, in South Dakota, Wyoming. No, Wyoming um, in Devil's Tower, which I still want to visit. But yeah, um, Close Encounters is probably the second, my second favorite. But it's but it's probably the, yeah. my favorite uh, alien visitation story. Yeah, um, but when Close Encounters, the part that gets me the most is not the when the car flips and does the thing. You know, where well the anti gravity thing happens. In yeah, this car yeah, and yeah. Well, it's when all that stops and he looks outside and it's deadly quiet and you just see this colossal. Vessel, just thing just floating in the sky, throwing its torch down. Just very quiet, yeah. And every now and again, this torch comes down. Yeah, perfect. Oh, perfect. Just feel better, yeah. Love it. I've, and uh, I've yeah, just coming off the Blade Runner, I think, is the ultimate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears. In rain. Definitely sci-fi. Definitely, definitely, and uh, you you can certainly feel a part of the environment. The uh, yeah. the ambiance of it, Van Evangelist's score. Mm is tremendous it's, it's something you can listen to isolated without anything else and I, by watching what Ridley Scott has done and can do yeah it's so he just stop taking things seriously maybe I don't know but I don't know what it is I mean I mean, I mean anybody like Robert De Niro has stopped taking his career seriously yeah with De Niro though if he, if he kept up that level he would be immersed, dead by now probably yeah being immersed in a character so much he needed he to I think he need, just needed to lighten up but yeah. he's never been in a science fiction movie. I mean, he was in Brazil, but he's never done anything like that. Al Pacino's never really done anything like that. They're no. very grounded. Meryl Streep needs to get out into space. I'd love to see a De Niro in space. It'd <laughs> be great. Maybe it'd be in Independence Day too. You never know. The vice president. <laughs> yeah. Now it's not over him. It's not beyond him now. But yeah, that's it. I mean, you've, you've got three films: you have 2001, Close Encounters, and Blade Runner. I think they're the three films that the perfect films, perfect science fiction films. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm gonna go and teach now. You go and teach. Okay. I'm gonna go and hope that baby is not being smothered by Elmo. Let's go chill out now. Let's go and see. Yeah, let's go. Bye. Also, a time and a place for enjoying quick and easy food. That time is Cinedyne. We've combined the state of the art movie ritual within our fast growing change of multiplex cinemas with the must have dining experience. 
your attention and enjoyment of popcorn movies is enhanced by 3,000% thanks to our fully disclosed secret ingredient which you can enjoy within all of your favorite food items. Popcorn, hot dogs, nachos with Ed's special liquid cheese, and not to mention our City Dine menu with food suitable for all ages, religions, and counterculture professionals. At Cinedine, we are proud to use British meat, which is also suitable for all vegetarians, vegans, and diabetics. And for those fussy little children who are ready to sit down and glance occasionally at the screen, every food item contains sherbet of some description. Even our economically sized popcorn boxes are edible. That's right! You can even eat the plates, Dad! That's right, little one. Cinedine has listened, and we know what makes your next movie experience the best one you've ever had. Until next time, that is. <laughs> Cinedine. Fanatical about food.